you sleep, we podcast. Obey. Consume. Consume podcast. Listen to podcast. Do not question podcast. Obey. Consume podcast. I'm Rowdy Potty Piper. (laughs) I'm Ben Sheets, but you can call me Mr. Brainwash. Oh, I am Cleveland Mosier, and I wear my sunglasses at night. What's up? Excellent, excellent pick. Um, fantastic. Well, I, I'm I'm feeling great, boys. Finally, finally, some good fucking food. God, yeah, yeah man. Oh, the last couple of weeks of this podcast have run. have really made me feel bad, and <laughs> so I, uh, I I'm really glad that we got to finally watch a good movie again. Good I food. I had almost forgotten what a good movie could be like. <laughs> And what is the good movie in question? Well, I have chosen for us John Carpenter's 1988 classic. They live. They do. Yeah. They live. And uh, as always, uh, I want to get Baby's opinion first because this was this was your first time seeing this, Cleve. That's me, Baby. This was this was your first time seeing They Live. Yes. First impressions. How did you like it? Was oh, it what man. you expected? It is. Um, it is exactly what I expected. It's been a damn shame. That I haven't seen this one. Sure. Yet. Uh, I I have definitely been. Well, while they have lived, I have slept. You have on slept. This movie. You sleep. And I'm really happy to have finally gotten to it. Um, and now you are awake. Yes, I'm awake, and I I see why it's a cult classic. I see why it's um, it's referenced off like so much in pop culture. Uh, I I get it. There there were a couple of moments I wasn't expecting that I really liked. There were just a couple of thematic things. You know, it, it's it's hard to avoid this movie, of course, and what it's about, and the rest. So I knew everything about the sunglasses and about the, and I had seen clips, yeah, you know, in the past, um, you know, uh, but I loved it. I, I thought it was I thought it was delightful. I remember a year or so back we were chatting and you asked us what our favorite fight scene in a movie is, and I said they live. Honestly, that's, greatest. Well, we'll get to that. Yeah. That's the thing I didn't see coming. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's probably also my favorite part of the movie, too. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Like, Correct. <laughs> well, you know, They they Live, I think, is, is, a, is a particularly interesting Carpenter film, uh, considering uh, just the, the socio-political climate that we live in um i we i sleep think, in uh, we sleep in um i i think that this movie reminds me of like verhoven a lot in sort of its uh yeah. it's like socio-political satire and very much so in the sense that if it was made today it would feel cartoonishly on the nose yeah. and much like robocop much like starship troopers much like all of these Verhoeven movies, that says more about, like, the world that we live in than, than those movies. You know, I mean, this movie did come out in the late 80s, you know, after uh, nearly a decade of, of Reaganomics. Um, yeah. The political landscape... Consumerism and, was on the brain. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's not like, it's not out of place for, for when it came out, but would, it's just like... I would argue it was on the nose back then, too. The yes, thing is... sure. Is, that like carries it through to today is it's fun it is fun it's a whole lot of fun yeah you know yeah it turns out like when you're 
providing a great deal of commentary on stuff that we have to face on a daily basis. It's a lot easier when it's all under the veneer of comedy and action. Yeah. It's all we really need. Just, just yeah. make it funny, you know? Subtle, this film is not. No. Um, but it's... They threw that out the window this, the second they cast uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper. <sighs> but is that trying to be, so it doesn't feel pretentious? No, 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 no. No, it, it certainly doesn't. Um, you mentioned Rowdy Roddy Piper. I love Rowdy Roddy Piper. He's great. I do too. He's great. He's a fantastic wrestler, incredible charismatic personality, um, and uh, absolutely perfect in this movie. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. Pitch, pitch fucking perfect. The combination of him and Keith David together, like, I could watch that buddy cop pairing for a million hours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Talking yeah, they about play off each other so well. They're they're so they're so well suited. I mean, you you mentioned the, the fight scene where they just beat the piss out of each other yeah. in, in an alley for like six straight minutes. Um, just just so excellent. Well, um, and they both get like a ton of great one liners. Yes. like this movie is very quippy, but in not an annoying way. Yeah, like in a way that's very you know. Fun and entertaining. I think the camp of it helps with that. Yeah, absolutely. There's, you know, uh, I I did not know that. What? Well, okay, is this the film that I came here to kick ass and chew bubble gum? Yes, it is. is just yes, originally is. from. I was. I wasn't sure if he was like from. quoting it or yeah. So no, so that's this was. It's so he delivers it so earnestly and and just sort of matter of fact. Like it's it's such an unbelievably out of pocket line. It's so <laughs> like it's, it's so great. fucking funny. Like it's it's probably the most like famous recognizable quote from this movie and maybe yes. maybe from Carpenter's films in general. Um but just like in the context of the film, him just like walking into that bank having just pulled a uh, a bunch of guns and ammo off of a couple of cops that he's just killed and just walking in and just immediately being like, I have come here to kick ass and chew bubble gum. And I'm all out of bubble gum. Like, and there's a long pause too. The, the delivery is is insane. It's, it's like I've come here to kick ass and chew bubble gum, and I'm all out of gum. And like, I'm all out of gum. And and like it's there's a long pause there. The, the, it's so matter of fact too. Like, and he has never been chewing gum. He doesn't. <laughs> That's what makes it even funnier. It'd be like one thing if he was like chewing gum before that, and like walked in and spat it out. But it's like he's not been again, chewing like, gum this you, entire movie. You hear that line quoted a lot. And people always go like, "I came here to kick ass and chew bubble gum, and I'm all out of gum." Like, but well, he hasn't delivered anything how like that. Duke Nukem. Duke said. Nukem. Right, yeah. yeah. But it's like, um, yeah. Are the balls, do the balls go in the condom too? <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's very... But, I got balls of steel. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he, he delivers it like so just, just flatly. Like, it's great. And it works really well for him. Yeah. Like, he doesn't deliver it like he sees himself as a badass. He just is one. Um, well, it, it so honestly, sincere. to me, what I and what I think is particularly brilliant about it is that it feels like 
he he walks into that situation and he doesn't know what to say so he just says anything yeah. and like that that's what's so fucking funny about it is it like he just walks in here fucking strapped to the gills like literally just minutes before having like woken up to the reality of this world and still like killed trying to come cops. yeah trying to come to terms with with this well he's killed space schools masquerading well, yes, as cops yes. right but just to like walk into the bag and just be like, uh, yep, I'm here to kick ass and chew bubble gum and I'm all out of gum. <laughs> um, well, let's back up a little bit, shall we? Sure. Yeah, we got to ease into the film. Um, like so many Carpenter movies, marvelously simple premise, character driven. We start off with Rowdy Roddy Piper uh, getting off of a train, like train hopping. Uh, rather looking for work, looking for work. He's rolled into LA and, uh, he's, he, first thing he does, you know, he goes to like, uh, like a, a job office, a, a temp agency, something, you know, no work to be had wandering around the city, seeing sort of downtrodden people, um, all intercut, you know, with being bombarded by advertisements and the glamour of celebrity and all of this shit, um, and spends the night on the street. The next day he goes to a construction site and manages to find some work as a contractor. A union job. A union job, um, where he meets Keith David, who, uh, after they get off their shift, kind of points him in the direction of uh, this, like, sort of transient camp that is across the street from a church where, you know, they work to feed... Like a soup kitchen. Yeah, like a soup kitchen kind of thing. They feed all of these people in the camp. They give them access to showers so they can stay clean, so on and so forth. And through all of this, he starts to notice some people behaving strangely. I would like to note... um... The first sign that something was wrong with this church for me was that it was named the American Methodist Episcopalian Church. Which is it? Is it Methodist or is it Episcopalian? I don't even want, I'm not even going to get into that, the rabbit hole of uh, uh, church denominations in the United States. Well, I think the idea, We made the, the mistake the, of doing that like, a couple of that's, <laughs> that's how you can check that it's not real, right? Because it's like, it's like a weird combination of the two. Like it's, but the ghouls the wouldn't know that. But would the ghouls they? wouldn't know that because the ghouls don't know Jesus. Correct. I don't want to say Holy that. Holy capital! I don't want to say that Methodist Episcopal churches don't exist because I truly do not know. We made the mistake of getting too lost in the sauce of of the denominations of American Protestantism a couple of weeks ago. How was that on the Exorcist Believer oh, episode? Yeah. We were talking about whether Protestants take communion or not. Right. Um, truly, do not know. Uh, that might not even care. Sounds like truly don't even care, believe it or not. Um, but anyway, uh, I, I I like how you know Roddy Piper sort of starts his journey. Still, he even says to Keith David when they're talking, like he still believes in the American dream, right? That like you follow the rules, you follow the straight and narrow path, you you know work hard then eventually, you know, it'll pay off and you will get what's yours. That illusion does not last very long. Uh, ultimately, that is the the state of false consciousness that the space schools uh, 
are keeping us in, forcing us to worship at the altar of capitalism. Again, it's all very, very on the nose. Well, the the ghouls aren't working alone. They're also working with the uh, the elite and powerful. Yes, human. as we learn towards the end of the film, yeah, that a lot of these uh, the humans have sold out for uh, their their piece of the pie to enrich themselves by working for their uh, capitalist overlords. Yep, basically, it's a fresh take on the like reptilians controlling the world conspiracy. Theory. It is basically that. Yes. Yeah, it is the, basically that. You know, it's it's all the rest of them. But uh I I like that they're without I, the without the anti-semitic overtones. Exactly. I like that they're not yeah, like Jewish cabal reptiles. I'm yeah. really glad they didn't take that angle. Um they went for space ghouls instead, which is more fun because yes. No, no one real is getting hurt <laughs> with with this idea. Um, which is good. Like, uh, it's, uh, it's well, nice. I think, I won't say that no one real is getting hurt, but nobody who doesn't deserve it is getting yeah. hurt. Because, you know, I think there's a lot to be said for, like, the levers of power sort of, uh, using the idea of, like, conspiracy theories to make, like, people who are just sort of cogent of the way capitalism works, use that to make people seem crazy, right? And... I don't know, man. The people who fucking who who govern us are fucking space ghouls, right? <laughs> yeah, basically. Not space ghouls, but they're they're ghouls. There is truth to that. The overabundance of money and power leads to a dereliction of the human spirit that makes you something less than human. I believe this, and I think that this movie just literalizes that. <laughs> I mean, to channel my inner Alex Jones, demonic forces are at play here. They're putting shit in the water that's turning the frickin' frogs into space schools. <laughs> I'm human. <laughs> and I come. I'm an American. I'm a human, and I'm coming. <laughs> I like to eat. Well, uh... I like to make children. <laughs> Which is funny. He's he's saying he likes to consume and he likes to. Marry yeah, no. And, Alex and Jones and is reproduce. is absolutely a lever for the for the space schools, he's isn't he? Yeah, he's he is asleep. He he marry he he likes to marry and reproduce. He likes to obey. He likes to consume. Don't question authority. But he's coming. But he. But I'm coming. <laughs> I'm an American. Yeah, man. It's a lot of fun for that. Like you, you still get to you know point at power and. Which is good. I think I think we should be able to do that. I think it's important to be able to to highlight the problems. One scene early on that I think has aged really well, and was kind of chilling watching it this time around, is seeing the kind of homeless encampments being demolished right. by the cops. And yeah, people get beaten because like that's just something that happens all the time now. Yes, you know. Especially in fucking California, like, has some of the the absolute worst instances of that in the entire fucking country. 
has California has just like an absolutely massive homeless population that are relegated to fucking tent cities and every now and then the cops just fucking roll in with bulldozers and shit and just kick everybody out take all of their stuff and just destroy what little sense of community these people have been able to create with the nothing that they have right like it's Again, it's just like it's it's so fucking on the nose. And yeah, like, you know, Roddy Piper, like he he feels like there's something off about the church, you know, and he breaks in and sort of like hears them talking about, you know, them and having and like trying to wake everybody up. And, you know, they're playing like recordings of gospel singers to make it seem like choir practice is going on and using it for like their secret meetings. One of them is... uh doing like pirate transmission yes Mm -hmm. um which funnily enough kind of reminds me of prince of darkness a little bit with the oh yeah you know what i was gonna say that that is probably a better comparison because it's carpenter but i was thinking yeah i was thinking Mm. videodrome yeah that the the pirate transmission stuff reminds me of brian oblivion a little bit. yeah yeah i can Um, see that too What's well, that same idea? You know, these these directors are trying to get their ideas out there, and they feel like pirate artists. I think mm-hmm. like Cronenberg and Carpenter, and you know, some of these other like artists of the time were were putting out like these these fun ideas and their own politics into these these films. You know, on the backs of yeah. just being horror, you know, action comedies. And yeah, well, uh, it's that whole thing of like infiltrating the mainstream, quote unquote. That. Yeah people talk about well it's it's perfect it's a perfect medium for it because you already watch most people like watch horror to kind of scratch that itch of feeling like they're they're being bad you know like it's it's a and so like working the 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 brainwave the mind control stuff into it is really fun well yeah watching watching horror as as a means of catharsis too as well you know to uh to to sort of like scratch those subconscious itches um and you know again like this this film is is not subtle it's not none of this is subtext it is capital t text Mm -hmm. um and and you know i i think i think that's with this kind of stuff like I don't know. I think Blunt is fine, yeah. and I think and I think Blunt is good, even. Well, in this case, like, there's something to say about that too, in that they might as well be space schools. They might as well have big banners and billboards that say "Obey" on them. They might as well be as literal and direct, yeah. and loudly controlling us as possible. And even still, people will fight waking up. Yeah, absolutely. That's the message. That that's the whole point of the movie. Is like like it, that's the conceit. Is like it can be as loud as they can. They could literally be space schools controlling us and walking among us and we still wouldn't see it. Yeah. Like like that the, the the people in power can can control the population and can do all this horrible stuff and we just won't give a shit and we'll we'll pacify ourselves. Yeah. Rather than than deal with it. And I feel that. Well, and you that's know, like, yeah, um, that, and that's that's a unique aspect about American capitalism as well that like even other like western capitalist countries like don't have to the degree that we do. It's like all of our food is fucking 
chuck full of preservatives and poison, basically, that makes us all fucking lethargic, makes us feel like shit, as we get older, gives us all kinds of health problems, that keeps us going to doctors, fueling the pharmaceutical industry, keeping us poor, fucking all of this stuff, while just consume, 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 consume more food, consume the fucking Mandalorian, consume the new fucking MCU movie, all of this stuff, meanwhile forcing us into these hyper-individualized little bubbles where we have no sense of solidarity and community because it's fucking comfy. It's comfy. It's comfy to fucking sit on your fucking couch and stuff your face with McDonald's and watch whatever new Netflix show is on. I'm guilty of it. We're all yeah. fucking guilty of it. And it's like, it is It is just like a, a uniquely American brand of evil that is like... That we that we are going out of our way to f- exert on the rest of the world, and like this movie just like so unambiguously states that it's impossible to question what the movie is about when Roddy Piper puts on those glasses and sees the big billboard and it just says obey and consume, walking past the magazine stand, don't question authority, stay asleep, watch TV, like, all of this stuff. It's like, the message is not subtle. Uh, well, Zizek, in his movie Pervert's Guide to Ideology, he talks about this movie specifically and how living in America is sort of like not having the glasses on and putting the glasses on, like you were saying, Mm -hmm. you know, there's ideology all around you in everything that's occurring, you know, whether it's just capitalist ideology or, you know, things that bolster that consumerism, you know, cults of celebrity, et cetera. uh, And, you know, people avoid seeing that. But once, once you do put on the glasses, there's no going back, even if you take off the glasses. Yeah. You know what's there. And yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's totally right, what you were saying. Like, all of that is there. People just don't want to wake up and look at it. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I think that, like, in 2023, and Jesus fucking Christ, especially in, like, this moment right now, I I think that we're reaching a point of acceleration where it's harder and harder to, you know, stay asleep to use the, the language of this film. Like, I think it's just like, it's, it, the, the machine has like reached such a point of excess that like, it's not even trying to hide its machinations anymore. And, you know, I don't know. I think that there's there's something positive in that in that like the more people who are awake the easier it is to fight it. I don't know. Well, on that note, a little skipping ahead, but I'm really glad this movie has a happy ending. Yeah. I mean, okay. Our protagonist gives his life for it, right? He but murders himself. He does. Um he chooses to die for a righteous cause. Yeah, he, he, mar- yeah. he martyrs himself. He martyrs himself. Oh, sorry, I thought you said he murders himself. No, he martyrs, martyrs. himself. Yeah, okay. <laughs> he murders himself. Yeah, he murders himself. <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, no. Like, he gets shot, but yeah, like, uh, yeah, so he martyrs himself. And, uh, uh, yeah, for so that the signal can be broken yeah. and everyone can see these space ghouls for what they are. And uh, so assume, we assume from there that the world is able to rebel against them and we can... 
you know, I mean, we would, yeah, we would hope so. Well, I I mean, so much of the movie, like, once he wakes up is, is him trying to wake up other people and, and... And largely failing. And largely failing. Well, and, and I love that because it's what he's trying to tell people is so absurd sounding that, of course, he seems like a fucking crank. Like, I mean, okay, so the fight scene that we've been talking about where, where he and Keith David just, like, beat the shit out of each other in an alleyway for six minutes is all because he's just trying to get Keith David to put on the sunglasses. Mm-hmm. But just this is trying... after he's already on the run. So, yeah. like, the reasoning on both sides works pretty great. Yeah, it's perfect. Because at this point, he's already done the bank heist, he's already done the kick-ass chew bubblegum scene. Uh, he's all over the news. They're trying. Yeah, because he's hunt killed a bunch of people. Yeah, because yeah. like, like, well, he's killed the space ghouls, but we we don't know. They, you know, Keith David doesn't know that. Yeah, so, like, they're uh, he just seems like a rampant murderer. Keith David just wants him... a a terrorist, even. Wow. To yeah. use a, a word that is just fucking bandied about mm-hmm. uh, all the time. Right now, in fact. Right. So he is. Uh, yeah, he's on in the bad run, faith and. Um, uh, Keith David, you know, who reached out to him to help him early on, um, uh, is is someone that he would like to do the same for. So he's trying to do the right thing and help Keith David and realize, like, help him realize, hey, look, they're ghouls, they're space ghouls, man. Yeah. Um, but- they're controlling us. They're using us as as cattle, mm-hmm. as as slaves. But, but you know, his his character is is a guy who talks with his hands. He's a steel worker like he used to you know work in the 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 denver steel mills and shit like he's he's not really like ready to sit down and like break it down for keith david who is also a man who works with his hands and so like they're they're just trying they're these men are proletarians they're, they're proletarians. not proletarians blue collar um they're not class. they're not academics they're and, not intellectuals yeah and 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 they don't they don't have to be and that's what i like about it is like He's just like, dude, put on the glasses, you'll fucking get it. And but for, from Keith David's perspective, this guy tried to help, who then went off and murdered a bunch of people, has come back to him being like, yo, there are ghouls, put on the glasses. Keith David's like, it's like no, I didn't kill people, I killed a bunch of fucking me. space ghouls. Right. And he's like, and he's like, okay, well that's crazy people talk. Stay away from me. And Riley Piper just really wants him to put on these glasses. So they just start fighting each other. Because Keith David's like, I'd I'd rather fucking put up fists than than you know fucking yeah uh, it's like you're 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 being you're being crazy get the fuck away from me and roddy piper's like no i need you to fucking put on the goddamn glass i think he says something is like you're either gonna put on these glasses or you're gonna start eating trash yeah eating that trash can (laughs) yeah you're gonna start eating that trash can and yeah so they just fucking roll around punching each other and suplexing each other and just just, well he just doesn't want to wake up he doesn't want to see the truth and finally, 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 Roddy Piper is able to overpower him and shove the glasses on his face and just like lifts his head up. He's like, look, look. And he looks down at the end of the alley. And he sees a couple of the space schools standing there watching them like, what the fuck? And it's like, there, that's all it fucking takes. Like, just fucking put on the glasses. Well, you could have avoided all of this. If just you just put on the goddamn up. glasses, yeah. just wake up. <laughs> I want to talk a little more about the fight scene itself. It's great. It's so good. Because it goes on for a really long time. And uh, it's really well choreographed. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's obvious, obviously Roddy well, Roddy Piper is a wrestler. A wrestler. Right? Yeah. So, like, the, he pulls out some wrestling moves for it. Yeah. Um, there's, you know, some 
bumps that feel just brutal. Like when they're both falling onto the ground on their back. Do a couple stuff. of like, yeah, legit backdrops. Um, and there's one scene where uh, Keith David has uh, Rowdy Rowdy Piper down on the ground and Rowdy Rowdy Piper is about to punch him in the nuts. And Keith David stops him and he's like, fucking dirty move. Which is funny because a couple of minutes after that, in the same fight scene, Keith David knees Roddy Piper in the groin like five or six times yeah. in a row. Yeah. It's, it's like, it, yeah, he's like over the top of him, just like repeatedly kneeling. Well, because like at that point, it's like, well, if you're going to play dirty, right? I'm yeah, play dirty, exactly. Which I like. It's, it's kind of cathartic. But like, um, yeah, it's, it's almost homoerotic. Like, like the way he's like over the top of him, like, you know, like repeatedly hitting him, but like, no, it's great. And he, he throws him off and, uh, they, they keep at it for a little bit. Um, and then there's another really human moment where, uh, Roddy Piper, like he's almost, he's almost knocked out and he grabs a wooden board, um, like a wooden plank and he swings it around a couple times and Keith David moves around to the side of a car and he swings it and Keith David ducks at just the right moment and he shatters the windshield and... Roddy Piper looks at looks at the board and he looks at the windshield and he's like and he realizes like oh my god I could like I could have like killed yeah. him with that hit like I and and he, and he and he recognizes like oh that that's too much I'm sorry and yeah, he, he apologizes like, he's like dude oh dude I'm, yeah my bad like I, I wasn't trying to like kill you I'm just trying to knock some sense into you but well it's it's know, funny it's, too because that's, that's immediately followed up by Keith David picking up a bottle a glass bottle and he goes to smash it against the car to like make a shiv but it just breaks entirely so he's just left with like the neck in his hand and he's just like ah shit he just throws it back on the ground <laughs> yeah it's it's so organic and human you really believe it it's, it's the a kind of yeah thing it's, like two two real people fighting with, it's a fantastic you know. scene well and it's and it's it's yeah. routinely broken up with them both just like lying panting on the ground and it's like every time you think that like it's finally over it's like they've worn themselves out like one of like keith david will get up and like start trying to walk away get a bit of a second wind in. and roddy piper will get gets up and just like runs after him and just like slams him into a wall <laughs> it's like yeah. this it it just like the the rhythm of it is just it's it's fantastic yeah. well one element of it that i really enjoy is uh you know the scene right before it right before keith david shows up mm -hmm. uh rowdy rowdy piper is uh recovering the sunglasses yeah out of the the dump truck so he you know pulls the dump truck open and gets in and tries to find the box and <laughs> the the dump truck truck raises and all the trash falls on the ground so during this fight scene there's just a bunch of trash everywhere yeah. all over the place it's really fun like that the the moment the look on his face like when the the truck starts like the bed starts tipping back and he's just like no 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 <laughs> just like all the trash just slides out it's just fucking yeah it's it's excellent it's it's like perfect comedic timing yeah. and again like roddy piper like as as a wrestler like he just has that that uh physicality that excellent sense of like physical acting that is just like so perfect for for this role um such a fucking real one r.i.p to a, a true legend so one of the scenes we get in between uh the bank scene and that scene you know as rowdy rowdy piper after he hits the bank and is trying to get away he goes into a parking garage and sees a woman getting in her car mm. And uh, essentially kidnaps her to to get away. 
Um, and he puts the glasses on and he sees that she's human, so he doesn't shoot her right away or anything. And they, uh, they go back to her place, just like a second story, third story, penthouse sort of nice apartment. It's like a Beverly Hills. Yeah, it's, it's like a house in like the Hollywood Hills. So like, it's a, it's. It's sort of it's like on, house, yeah. yeah, it's sort of like on, on a, a slope. He's, he's trying to like convince her to put on the glasses to be like, Hey, look, I'm not crazy. Um, she won't do it though. Of course I, I like it. Cause she says like, if you want me to put on the glasses, I'll put them on. But even if I don't see what you say, I will, I'm going to say that I see it. And he's just like, okay, whatever, have it your way. Um, and he learns that she is like a director of programming at like one of the big news stations in, in, in LA, which is, you know, important for, for, uh, the end of the film as he's, uh, he's realizing this, like, Oh, they're broadcasting the signal from, uh, from the news station. She, like smashes him in the head with like a glass of wine that she's drinking and pushes him out the window <laughs> um, and he falls like yeah like two or three stories down onto the and just like tumbles down yeah. the hill again just like a, a great stunt very funny um i i think that like i will say that that i think that the introduction of this this character holly is my one complaint uh, uh, with the film is I just I feel like it's it's a little bit clunky like it it doesn't feel super natural um and excuse me it doesn't feel very natural <laughs> uh, she's a ghost she's a ghost my <laughs> god have, like creepy um, like super blue eyes she does yeah um well I mean it's it's it, <sighs> There's there's obviously like a, a sort of like weird sexual tension with her. I don't her. think it's weird. I think it's just it's very simple in that they set her up for us to think that she's inevitably going to become the love interest. It starts out with her taking her hostage, but as he gets you know like just through desperation, right? And you know we think that oh yeah like eventually uh, you know if we're following like the conventions of movies just a general, like... Sure, which we are. You know, like, they'd get back to her place, he'd have her put on the glasses, she would see the world for what it is, they would have an allegiance and fall in love or whatever. Right. But in this film, also, that's kind of what the aliens want. Like, the aliens want them to be subdued and to fall marry in love. And, marry and, and, reproduce. and reproduce. And, like, so we can't have that happen either. So I actually really like it. Like, her character is set up for us to think she's going to be a love interest, they're going to destroy the world in the end and fall in love and everything will be fine. But then the film would also act as a piece of, mm -hmm. like, the, the media that it's trying to kind of play commentary on. Sure. So instead, she double-crosses him and she sort of becomes a femme fatale instead. And I like that. I wish that there was a little bit... I think I think it would have worked even better if there's a little bit more tension between well, them. Well, see, that's... That, I mean, we just don't get enough I, time to develop that. I think I think introducing her a little bit earlier on and, like like you said, developing that would make it feel a little bit less awkward because, like, she pushes him out the window and then she's gone for, like, the next, like, pretty big chunk of the movie until... 
Roddy Piper and Keith David go to, like, the Resistance meeting later, and she's there. Yeah. You know, because um, he had left his glasses behind. So presumably, you know, she put the glasses on and woke up and then it's like, oh, yeah, you came around to our side. And I like this because they get to the, the headquarters and um, or the little resistance meeting area. And uh, one of the ladies there says, like, oh, you can take your glasses off now. You know, like it's it's OK. We're all human here. Yeah. You know, we can all trust each other because we're all human. You know, none of us are space ghouls. And here, and then she also gives them the contact lenses that have less of an effect, which I would like to touch on the the effect of the glasses in a little bit. But first off, just worth noting, okay, well, we're once again set up to think, okay, we can trust the humans, we can do yeah. whatever. Then that place also gets raided. They 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 have to they take an escape watch into the the transdimensional facility where they learn about how there's people. Yeah, who have also been sold the the corporate elite the those that um, that simply being human isn't enough to to like yeah. distinguish that out. they're that if they're they yeah their, they get their mansion with a pool yeah and absolutely and all their amenities and all the the they can rise the corporate ladder and the rest um, and I I like that you know and so we see I that, like that there too. and we yeah. think but we're just brought to think that okay well these are just the bad people. Right, which they are, but um, as they fight their way further into the the station and everything, that they they see her again, she's come back, mm-hmm. and well, because they end up at the the news her the station where she works, yeah, yeah the and, broadcast uh, station. Inevitably, she turns on them. And, 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 and frankly, pretty pretty naive of of Roddy Piper to not see that coming. Like she's she's an executive at the news station. She's like the she's like the the assistant director of yeah. programming or something. It's like why like she's in a, a high position in the news station that is broadcasting the signal that is keeping people asleep. Right? Like right. why wouldn't she? be one of them right or, or, or why or why wouldn't she you know be, it, be in cahoots and it brings that point home and it makes it personal to our our hero that people will sell each other out you know to space schools if yeah. it means that they can you know make it ahead and i love that because then yeah people you, sell their souls remove, for money and power right and if you just remove the space schools from the scenario you just have life yeah we're right back at where we started and yeah. that's good i think it's solid well, that's the biggest thing about all of the elites working with the ghouls is, like, you know, they refer to humans as, like, livestock. Mm-hmm. And it's like, those elites are okay with being livestock as well as the... They're the as long as they're the best fed livestock. You right, know? exactly. In a sense, they are kind of asleep too. Like they're not. Like they know what's going on, but they are. They are also. They're kept. They're kept creatures, just like yeah. the rest. The the rest of humanity is. They're complicit. Um, yeah. yeah. Honestly, what what I what I wish, and, and I don't think there's really space for this in the movie. Um, so it's not like a like a genuine wish, but I I wish there's some aspect of like a transformation into a space school like if you <laughs> work with them long enough that like you become one of them or something like that and i just think that's you know even that that would just be like even more perfect commentary 
Because like I do, I do feel like that when, once you end up in that position where you have that just like absurd level of money and power, like like I said before, like it's spiritual dereliction. Like you become yeah. less, you become less than human through that process. So eventually, it doesn't matter that you're not literally one of them. You might as well be like you're you're spiritually one of them. You know. Yeah. Um, well, I know this movie was fairly low budget. Mm-hmm. You know, this came out right after John Carpenter made Big Trouble in Little China, which was a much higher budget movie, but also kind of flopped. So he didn't get... A shame, because it's a banger. Yeah, that movie fucking... One of his best. Yeah, um, amazing film. But, uh, yeah, I don't think the budget was as high for this, Mm-mm. which is probably why they didn't do stuff like, uh, you know, a transformation yeah. ritual or something Again, like, like it doesn't doesn't need to be there like it says it's uh, yeah it it says it says what it needs to say without that and i think this movie does like a really good job with the the relatively low budget like the space schools like let's talk about them they look like they look silly they look silly but that's part of the charm it works for the type of movie yeah like again the movie is is over the top it's uh it's, it's it's not the thing you know, like yeah. the thing is, it's much more, uh, you know, the best example, but it, it, it's, it's reliant on the, the creature effects and the practicals. And it's about like, there's, there's greater themes yeah. at play there. Whereas this is, this is very blatant. I think and, they and so, should, like, I think they should look blatant, a little, I think it should look, look a little silly too. Yeah. yeah. Like well, they're weird, like you know, golf ball reflective they, eyes. They need and, to, I think they need know, to be. Is like, is like classic, um, space aliens from the 50s mm-hmm. see i think that was the intent yeah because they, they, they go black and white on it goes black and white yeah and you know so they're kind of leaning they're and, they have, and the, the little the, the little like flying saucers the invisible like flying saucers that are like flying around monitoring everybody yeah. like yeah that all feels like very sort 1950s. of like old 50s sci-fi invasion yeah, of the body straight. snatchers kind of shit yeah. what you get yeah. like is something that carpenter had already played with again with yeah. the thing yeah, absolutely. Um, is, is Carpenter reinterpreting those Ed Wood style films? Mm-hmm. And I think that's super cool. I, I think that's I, I hadn't thought about that till now. But yeah, they live is it's it's a very different interpretation than the thing of that yeah. same era of films. Uh, but yes, yeah, so he's doing that sort of day the earth stood still, big saucers. Yeah. Well, I mean, also that's that's sort of like when we started to really see like the hyper acceleration of like capitalism in this country, right. Is in the fifties after, well, no, in in the, I mean, yeah, really with Reaganomics in the eighties, but like it started in the fifties and like the post-war period, right. With like the baby boomers and stuff. And just like the, the, the period of like massive economic growth in this country post world war, Two and sort of the emphasis on consumption and like buying the the you know buy your wife the the hot new refrigerator so she can uh, keep your meal <laughs> like keep your food <laughs> ready you know the insularization and like the indivi- like the the idea of like individual like wealth and stuff like I, I feel like that really like started taking off in the fifties. Yeah. And just like accelerating massively towards, you know, Reaganomics in the eighties and then like 
the death knell. Whatever the fuck we have now. Yeah, I... Uh, where it's not even satire anymore, I guess. It's just fucking text, right? Well, that's that's what I like about the... The, the, the homeless village at the beginning is we're immediately shown a sense of community there mm-hmm. with very, very little um, time uh, needed for it either. Like, it's just Roddy Piper's got his backpack on, you know, Keith David's showing him a place he can stay with good people. And, uh, you know, the, the guy running the place is like, hey, man, you know, those tools on your back? Well, you know, we, we could, uh, the shower could use some work. And, you know, it's just a community where people help each other. Yeah. And it's not about wealth. It's not about anything else. It's just trying to get by and survive in hard times. And that that can happen to anyone. And it's just nice to see, especially in a horror movie, you know? Yeah. Horror movies love, I mean, just movies in general love to have, like, scary bums and stuff. And it's just nice to see, like like, a film that... Like idolizes man again well, going back to exorcist believer a couple of weeks ago no. like the weird demonization of the homeless yeah man you know well, and it's such a contrast later in the movie where you know they sneak into the the alien base and they're talking to the guy and he's like don't you understand there are no countries anymore. Right. You know, it's only capital, essentially. Like, it's, yeah, they control everything. Yeah. There are no countries. Like, it's just them. Like, I... And it's like, that's fucking, again, very on the nose, but, like, it's fucking it's true. Well, it's well, it's a, Yeah, that's, that part is aged incredibly well. A, a line that really, really stood out to me uh, in in this viewing was when he's... Roddy Piper, when he's kind of like spying on the church first to like trying to figure out what's going Mm -hmm. on in there. And he's talking to Keith David and Keith David is like, look, like I don't fucking want any trouble. Like I got a wife and kids back in Detroit. Like I'm, I'm just trying to, he says, I'm trying to walk the white line. Like I'm just trying to stay out of trouble, do what I'm supposed to do and just like make my way. And Roddy Piper says to him, he says the white line is in the middle of the road and that's the worst place to drive. And I feel like, especially now, especially like post the nineties, but like leading up to now is just like that idea of like liberal centrism where it's like, you got to reach across the aisle and like play both sides and like stay in the middle and like both sides have good ideas, you know? And that's the only way we're going to have unity is if we, you know, go down the center of the aisle, walk, drive down the white line in the middle of the road. It's like, no, that's the fucking worst place to be. It's the fucking worst place to be. At least have some fucking principles and be on one side of the road, right? Like, be on one fucking side. Yeah, and when they do take the same side, you know you're in trouble. Right, exactly. Because it's always for the worst position. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, okay. right. Have some fucking have some fucking conviction, you yeah. know? It's like pro genocide and stuff. Like Yeah. Um I will say the the ghouls are very fun. I, I do think they, they work a little bit better in black and white than they do in color. We only see them in color at the very end. Yeah. Once they've uh Roddy Piper has destroyed the, the satellite yeah. dish and everybody is able to, to see them. But that final shot is very fun. I love it. Extremely like, it's, funny. It's, it's that whole idea of like, oh yeah, now we're we're entering a new age now in living color. And, yeah, and that works. That works really well for it. 
Um, I... Oh, I remember I, I had a thing. I wanted to talk about how when he first puts on the glasses, uh, or after he takes them off for the first time, he describes it as being like a drug. Mm-hmm. Like, um, but one that makes his head hurt and that the come down is real hard. Yeah. And I think that's great, is that idea of like, you know, kind of like waking up to all of the everything. It is like a drug, you know, and it can consume you. That That idea of chasing that rabbit hole and, yeah. and finding those conspiracies and realizing, oh my God, it's all the shit. Like that's, well, it's, it's exhausting. Tempting. It's exhausting yeah. and it makes, and it makes your head hurt. It does. But it like, hurtsly. but also like the alternative is staying like, become a cat, become cattle. Is, yeah. Is like staying com- livestock comfortably asleep, right? Mm-hmm. Staying cozy in your little, individual bubble where things are are fine for you so that's all that really matters who cares if things are bad for the other guy you know like you're safe and comfortable and have have your have your food and your television it's like yeah being like waking up is is the 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 term rude awakening (laughs) exists for a reason right like it's it's not comfortable it feels bad but I don't know, man. It's how you know you're alive, right? Yeah. It's how you know you're you, you're not sleep. Wake up, sheeple. <laughs> Wake up, sheeple. Well, you know, I think um, because this film is so direct, beyond that, I don't have a lot to say. Other no, than I... it's just done very well. It's just a good movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it doesn't it doesn't need too much like unpacking. Again, it's 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 very blunt, you know, like it's, it's message cannot be, uh, misinterpreted. No. I don't, I, I, I don't think, the... I think you have to be like maybe the stupidest person in the world to not like, <laughs> <laughs> not understand, uh, what, what the film is trying to say. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's really just talking about like, it's a good movie, man. It's just a good movie. Like, one even. I like how they spend so much of their budget on stunts. You know, yes. at, in the oh credits, my God. there were so many stunt Just a people. paragraph of names under the stunt people. Yeah. Just an absolute absurd number Fantastic. of stunt people. Yeah, back when they made movies. It's like that drill candles meme. Oh, yeah. $3,500 on candles. Someone who's yeah. good at the economy. Help, my family is dying. <laughs> Except, no, my family is living. <laughs> my family is living off of, of these beautiful stunts. Yeah great fucking picture do we do we have anything else i mean this is it's kind of a kind of a short the one but great music's great as Classic always john carpenter score i love how kind of like uh like kind of western bluesy the, yeah Almost, bluesy yeah. Well, it's it's that like um it's that simple like kind of blues like you get the harmonica plays and it's just do 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 yeah and it's like that's that's classic americana yeah like blues shit and um it works so well because he's he's a working man and all the rest he's a he's a he's a wandering cowboy normally that's a line that's played by a bass or a standard guitar and here synth synth yeah carpenter synth what what's so it's cool so it's a it's a it's a really fresh take on Mm -hmm. something old What's fun about the synth stuff is like it's late 80s so it's like the early age of like digital synths Mm. so it it's a lot of these very artificial sounding, like, instrumentation, synth instrumentation that's 
could sound cheesy, but works because it's in such a campy movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it sounds very artificial, uh, which again kind of works for the themes of the movie too. Yeah, absolutely. The artificiality of all that we consume that keeps us asleep. Well, boys. I just keep thinking of the the Shaquille O'Neal meme, I sleep. Real shit. (laughs) (laughs) Well, are we ready to... Yeah, we can can rate this. Um, Yeah, I I, I guess I'll start since it was my pick. Um, Yeah, banger film, um, like most of Carpenter's work, at least like this era of Carpenter. Um, yeah, just fantastic shit. Like strong four and a half out of five. It's not my favorite Carpenter. Um, but that's just because he's made so many other movies that are my favorite. (laughs) Four and a half. Yeah. I'm going to do that four and a half for me as well. Um, on a good day, you know, in the right conditions, this could be a golden pod for me, but I think a four and a half is very fair. Yeah. Uh, again, greatest fight scene in all of cinema. Yeah, absolutely. I'm also going to ditto that. Sweet. I'm going to take a 4.5 out of 5. But now I'm ready to go back to sleep and obey and marry. And consume and, and marry and reproduce and watch TV. Mm-hmm. I'm ready. Yeah, we've been awake for a little while, but being awake yeah. is exhausting. Okay, yeah, I've got a bit of a headache now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah, that'll that'll give They Live a, a strong, unanimous four and a half out of five. Like, like we said, fucking classic Carpenter, uh, a camp masterpiece. Uh, again, not, not subtle, but doesn't need to be. Uh, oh, it is a dumb movie made by smart people it's another yes. one of those we talk yes. about that yeah. a lot on this podcast and this is de- sorry definitely need to highlight that before yeah. we close just a, another great example of a dumb movie made by really smart people yeah you know this is one of those cases where i don't even know if i i feel comfortable saying it's dumb but like it is uh it's dumbed down it's taking a it's, lot it's of- dumbed down well i mean much much like it's it's protagonists you know like this is this is a fucking this is a working class movie this is a proletarian film. You don't have to be some fucking high-minded intellectual or academic to like understand what this movie is trying to say. Like it speaks plainly and earnestly and sincerely, uh, and it's fun. It's a and it's good. It's good to watch. Um, so yeah, a good solid proletarian film. <laughs> I'll drink to that. Um, yeah. Uh, next week. Uh, we're back to the we're back to the movies again. The new movies. Yeah. We have a new Eli Roth movie. Yeah. Shockingly, a Thanksgiving Eli Roth movie yeah. called Thanksgiving. I feel like it's been a while since uh, we've had a new Eli Roth movie. It's been a long time since we had an Eli Roth. What was yeah. the last movie he made? I think he did a kids movie recently. What? Oddly enough, the 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 house with the clock and. The walls or something like that. Oh, gee, that was like a fucking like Disney movie. Yeah, that was like, like six that? years ago, probably. Ooh. I know he also directed the recent Borderlands movie, but that's in uh, development hell yeah. because it completed shooting, but they were like, "This is really bad." <laughs> so yeah, comfortable giving we'll that one a that pass. Ever drops, but, but 
hey, you know, we, we haven't talked about a Thanksgiving-themed horror movie in many years. I know something Since you Pilgrim. Pray. Since Pilgrim, yeah, because yeah. there aren't that many, and we sort of burned through them, yeah. like, very quickly. Um, so, yeah, we have a, a new Eli Roth Thanksgiving horror movie to look forward I, to. I, 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 don't, I don't think I'm going to like it. I do hope it's good. I my only worry is that they showed all of the good kills in the trailer. Yeah, same. Because we've gotten a red band trailer and like it looks, it doesn't look bad by any means. It looks fun. It looks fun. Um, Can I keep it up? Again, yeah, I I I think you're right, Ben. They show a lot in that trailer, and uh, I'm a little afraid that that's the entire movie as well. But anyway, we'll see. That'll be our Thanksgiving episode for our non-Patreon subscribers. It will come out on Thanksgiving Day. Hell yeah. Um, so yeah, join us next week for our Thanksgiving review of Eli Roth's Thanksgiving. Well, it's time to obey and consume. We need to the make some money. We must. The shelf, the sponsor shelf, the says shelf demands we that we consume and that you consume, and that you buy product that we sell to you. And this week's on product, behalf of the sponsor shelf. This episode was brought to you by the cat who hates Mondays. Do not speak his filthy name. Yes. Yeah. Because if we spoke his name, we would invoke. Capital. The wrath of Jim Davis. <laughs> the capitalistic wrath of Jim Davis. You know who you are. You know, you know who that fuck. You know who the cat is. <laughs> you, you know. What an odd sponsor. All right. As per usual. Well, that'll do it for us this week. If you like the show, leave us a five star review wherever you're listening to this. Support us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash podpeoplepod. Shout out to our honorary pod boys, Sam. Our true patrons. Our true patrons. Our true sponsors. Sam, Zach, Micah, Mitchell, and Jans. Hey! After, Welcome to the club. After recording our episode uh, on Five Nights at Freddy's last week, uh, Jans decided to do his civic duty and support the, the podcast. Yes. Mostly, I think, just so he can punish us with movies that he wants <laughs> us to watch. I think that's what he's doing. I support it. But that's that's your right. If that you is become, your God-given if you right. Be, if you become an honorary pod boy on Patreon, that is your God-given right to make us watch movies that we probably don't want to watch. Um, but yeah, Or that, sometimes, also encourage. Often great films. Oftentimes, yeah, oftentimes. Inter- oftentimes, interesting, good, uh, uh, fun films that that provoke excellent discussions. Choose yeah. the narrative. Yeah, uh, and we do prefer that you give us good movies. That would to be watch. nice. <laughs> Talk about <laughs> like, please. We we suffer we suffer so much for our. Well, I was gonna say art, but we suffer so much for our content. <laughs> yeah, uh, which you consume. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you can also, uh, of course. Follow us at letterbox.com slash podpeoplepod, where you'll find a list of all the films we've talked about on the show with our average ratings and links to those reviews. For my extracurricular recommendation this week, I'm recommending a piece of short fiction. Um, while we're talking about Carpenter, I rewatched The Thing last night for about the bajillionth time. Um, it's getting cold, so, you know, uh, in, in the mood. Um... I also re-listened to our Thing episodes recently. I, I've changed my mind about some things that I was very vehement on that episode about. Uh, so, anyway. Um, what I'm recommending, though, is a, a uh, short story written by 
Peter Watt in 2010. It's called The Things. Uh, it was published uh, in in Clark's World Science Fiction and Fantasy Magazine, um, and it is. Uh, a short story that is from the perspective of the creature. It is right? from the yeah, perspective of that. the thing. That is the events awesome. of the John Carpenter film from the first person perspective of the thing. Um, it's extremely well written. Uh, it is one of the best uh, sort of like alien perspectives I've ever seen uh, in in any sort of media. Um, obviously, not canon. It's essentially fan fiction, but it was published in a real magazine. Hey, Peter Watts is a great writer. I've heard yes. his his book Blind Sight is very good. Yeah, the things the things is great, um, and I think that it will probably uh, forever change the way that I that I view. Carpenter's film, so uh, really excellent supplementary material. It's on, uh, it's online. The whole thing, you can just Google uh, Peter Watts, the things, and it's the first thing that comes up um, online. So check that out. I would bigly recommend it. It's like takes like twenty minutes to read. I have uh, two recommendations that kind of pair well with They Live. So one is Slavoj Žižek's uh, film. A Pervert's Guide to Ideology. Uh, it's a philosophy slash film criticism uh, documentary. It's kind of film essay almost, where uh, Zizek, in his very strange and uh, boisterous accent, explains to you uh, the ins and outs of ideology through film. Um, one of the movies he talks about is They Live. It's really surprisingly fun um, and super interesting. Um, the other movie uh, that kind of pairs well with the conspiracy-minded nature of They Live is Under the Silver Lake. Oh, great movie. Um, yes, uh, just a fantastic, sprawling California epic. That Dr- will Written have and directed you, uh, by David Robert Mitchell, who yes. did uh, It Follows. Yes. Which I think he's been put in director's prison after it. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, he's... Yeah, I, I don't think that movie was well-received, but... Uh, and that's why he's doing a, an It Follows sequel. Yeah, They Follow. Um, but yeah, it's an amazing movie. Um, very strange. Um, very long. Very divisive. But I think it's awesome. Incredibly funny, too. Yeah. yeah. Incredibly funny. Yeah. Uh, I can definitely second that recommendation. Cleve, what you got for us this week? Yeah, so I usually do a shout-out to Dread XP, uh, which I will do very quickly. Dread X-Penis. Go check out Dread X. Got him! Oh, boy. Wow. Well, I'm not going to say what it actually stands for. You should go find out for yourself and uh, uh, unravel the, the deeper mysteries of Dread XP. And, uh, but no, this week I have been playing a decent chunk of Hunt Showdown. Nice. And I'm just fucking loving it man the 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 care and attention to the the sound design in that game alone is amazing like you can pick out not only what kind of gun is being shot but from how far away it's just really really cool 
Um, uh, yeah, it's set in like 18, I don't know, 1880, 1860 in the, the swamps of Louisiana. Ooh, we're going down to the bayou. Going down to the bayou. And, uh, we'll it's, it's, some there's, and some there's ghouls, there's creatures, there's hunters, and Ooh, but it's, baby looking out for that catfish. It's kind of everything I'd want in a game. So I'm, yeah, I've, I've had a very delightful time with it. I've been meaning to play it for ages. So yeah, yeah, shout out to Hunt Showdown, I guess. All right. Uh, thanks for listening. We know that it's it's comforting to try it to want to fall back to sleep, but we encourage you, please, stay awake. Stay woke. Stay woke. Stay woke. Stay woke.